I'm Brad Binkley. You're listening to the Propaganda Reports Drive Time News Blast. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read the Twitter files that just came out. I'm recording on Thursday evening, and I have not read them yet, so I haven't thought about them. I haven't analyzed them. I'm just going to go through the chain because I was noticing that it was trending on Twitter, and I thought to myself, man, I wish I could just have somebody reading these to me so I don't have to scroll through all of them myself. So I'm going to do that for you all who have not yet read the Twitter files to release, and I will pull it up on screen, and that's all I'm going to do. I'll probably stop and comment every now and then. I told Cam he could pop in if he was still up and wanted to Wanted to talk about it, but he might be asleep by now. I know he had a show tonight. Let's dive in. Barry Weiss, that is the name of the journalist. I believe she used to work with the New York Times. Interesting spelling of Barry, B-A-R-I. Had me confused there for a minute. Thread, the Twitter files, part two. Twitter's secret blacklist. She had some ominous music I could play, some X-Files type music to play underneath that. Number one. I think this is a 30-part chain. I have to say, just before diving into this, it's pretty obvious to me that advertisers are going to come back to Twitter. As I mentioned in the show, I think last week, they're already starting to come back, like Apple and uh, Amazon. Because he's turned this into uh, more of a bread and circus show than it ever was before. It's better, yeah. We'll see if it continues to be better. I know there's still some notifications and things being flagged that are a bit odd. And I'm curious to how it would work if we were to get closer to a potential world war conflict, because that is really when they try and clamp down on who is able to control the information. And if people who oppose the whole Ukraine weapons donations to the Nazis over there, if they will be allowed to post right now, I post stuff about that all the time and there's been no problem. We'll see how that continues moving forward. Number one of Twitter Files Part 2, The Secret Blacklist. A new Twitter Files investigation reveals that teams of Twitter employees build blacklists, prevent disfavored tweets from trending, and actively limit the visibility of entire accounts or even trending topics, all in secret, without informing users. Yeah, I think we all knew that. I think that's pretty clear. How do these things work. Is this the same number two? Twitter had one mission. Okay. Yeah. I would like to see the evidence. Maybe she's going to provide the evidence of this in the the chain here, but I would like to see the evidence of this. Not that I don't believe it. I think it's pretty obvious that this is the case. Number two, Twitter once had a mission to give everyone the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. Along the way, barriers nevertheless were erected. Very poetic right there. Didn't seem much like a reveal, more like commentary from Barry's part, but that's okay. I'm doing commentary myself. I want to look at that first one again. Just just think about it just for a second. The employees, they built blacklists. They prevent his favorite tweets from trending. Of course, they controlled the trending. It, was, it could not be more obvious that the trending on Twitter is controlled. It's, it, it seems to still be controlled to me, but it's a propaganda tool to put what they want on the public mind and actively limit the visibility of entire account. Yeah, of course, or even trending topics. All, yeah, duh. Okay, so that, I believe that one. Number three, 
Take, for example, Stanford's Dr. J. Bahakaira. I have no idea how to say that. It's B-H-A-T-T-A-C-H-A-R-Y-A. And Stanford's Dr. B, who argued that COVID lockdowns would harm children. Twitter secretly placed him on a trends blacklist, which prevented his tweets from trending. Well, that's, that's it. And there's a picture here. Let's see what the picture says. Professor of Stanford School of Medicine, Health Policy, Infectious Disease, Recent Abuse Strike, Trends Black. Okay, so it, it looks like this is some sort of panel that administrators, people who can work on Twitter have, where they can uh, show a strike count, whether he's on a trends blacklist. This appears to be some evidence of this blacklist that I was asking for a moment ago. Um, and of course I did that. It's the thing about these Twitter files is... It's revealing things that we all knew we were just called crazy for saying before, you know? Number four, consider the popular right-wing talk show host, Dan Bongino, who at one point was slapped with a search blacklist. And then they have another image here of the search blacklist. Twitter blue verified. Yeah, so it's another image here of, uh, it appears to be a panel that people who work on the Twitter can access, but we cannot access ourselves. And his says, notification spike, search blacklist, multiple accounts, not safe for work view, SPMA, not sure what that means. Number five, Twitter set the account of conservative activist Charlie Kirk to do not amplify. And then it has that back, that, uh, that back administrator only panel again. And it has... Recent abuse strike, notification, then it has the do not amplify. So these are like tags. So if you were to tag a YouTube video, at least the way they used to do it, you could type in the word and it would have the tag that they would attach to it. It looks like they have a similar setup here. Like the administrators can go into the background of somebody's account and they can just type in certain you know functions that, that they make it do. So they, they didn't want Charlie Kirk tr trending. That's weird though because I feel like Charlie Kirk trended. Did, did he not trend quite often? I mean, I feel like that's the only reason I know who Charlie Kirk is. is because he's trended on Twitter. All right, number... Or do not amplify is what it is. Do not amplify, excuse me. Number six, Twitter denied that it does such things. In, in 2018, Twitter's Gotti, Vyaha Gotti, I know I said that wrong, the head of legal policy and trust, and Kavion Bakeyport. Do they have anybody who worked at Twitter whose name I can pronounce? Is there one person other than Elon Musk, whose name I can pronounce. The head of product guy said, we do not shadow ban, they added, and we certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints already. <laughs> you have to be stupid to believe that. Nobody believed that. The only people that believed that are the people that wanted to believe that. The people who weren't getting shadow banned. I've never been shadow banned, so obviously nobody's been shadow banned. Must be the mentality there. <laughs> Stupid thing. Okay, number seven. What many people call shadow banning, Twitter executives and employees call visibility filtering. Oh, that's why they haven't shadow banned. Because we've been visibility filtered. Or VF. Multiple high-level sources confirmed this meaning. Number eight. Thinking, think about visibility filtering as being a way for us to suppress what people see to do, excuse me, let me start that one over. Think about visibility filtering as being a way for us to suppress what people see 
to different levels. It's a very powerful tool, one Twitter employee told us. What does that mean? Suppress what people see. To, okay. Okay, so suppressing, like, if you're being visibility filtered, then other people aren't seeing you. I guess that's what that means. Number nine, VF, visibility filtering. I'm going to start using that in conversation. I feel like you've been visibility filtering me in our friendship. Is this true? Visibility filtering refers to Twitter's control over the over user visibility. It used VF to block searches of individual users to limit the scope of a particular tweet's discoverability, to block select users' posts from ever appearing on the trending page, and from inclusion in hashtag searches. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Hashtag searches were always shitty. Excuse my language. But I would search using a hashtag and be like, this can't be right. So that makes sense. What was the first part of that? It refers to Twitter's control over user visibility. It used VF to block searches of individual users. So I guess that means not block. Like if I were to search something, it's not going to block me from from searching. It's going to block me from finding the person they don't want me finding. Number 10, all without user's knowledge. Duh. Oh, yeah, thanks. I know we had to include that in there, but if that, no, don't know if that needed its own number. Could have included that one on number nine, but I get the emphasis she's trying to make here. Number 11, we control visibility quite a bit, and we control the amplification of your content quite a bit. And normal people do not know how much we do. One Twitter engineer told us. Two additional Twitter employees confirmed. All right, let's look at this again. They control it quite a bit. Control the amplification. Normal. We're the normies and they're the Twitter people. I don't like that these are unnamed people. I I just don't like unnamed sources. I believe what's being said here because I've experienced it. I think a lot of us have experienced it. It's pretty obvious. But I just do not like the use of unnamed sources. I don't think that is something that it is already normalized. And it's toxic because they can just make up any person standing across the street familiar with the dog of the person who was inside the room who happened to uh, clean up the trash and leave while the meeting was going on. Like, these are the types of sources we're getting. So I, I like to see names on sources. Number 12, the group that decided whether to limit the reach of certain users was the strategic response team, global escalation team, or the SRT or GE or GET, excuse me, GET. It often handled up to 200 cases a day. So that whole team, a global escalation team, I bet those people thought they were really tough. You know, what do you do? I'm on Twitter's global escalation team. What does that mean? What do you do? I suppress tweets talking about how the vaccine could be dangerous to people, children especially. A real big man, real big man and woman having that role there. Censorship role is what they are. So the global escalation and strategic response censorship teams. Number 13, but there existed a level beyond official ticketing, beyond the rank and file moderators following the company's policy on paper. Oh, wow. A deep state, so to speak, of Twitter. This is the site integrity policy, policy escalation support. What are these names? Go F yourself with these names. Known as the SIP-PES, the SIP-PES. I'm part of the SIP-PES team. Okay, dude. 
How many levels of bureaucracy are going on behind Twitter here? Number 14, the secret group included head of legal policy and trust, VG, VG, Gaddy, I can't say her name, so I'm not going to try anymore. And the global head of trust and safety, Yoel Roth. Subsequent CEOs, Jack Dorsey and Parag Agrawal and others. Oh, wow. So Jack Dorsey was included in this. That's what I say anyway. Does Jack Dorsey look like he's stoned all the time to you? He looks like he's stoned all the time to me. That's what he comes off as. You know those guys. There's some people, and they might, might not even be stoned. They just kind of talk like this. They just kind of appear to be like they, they always seem like, a, like they just woke up. Number 15. This is where the biggest, most politically sensitive decisions got made. Think high follower, high follower account. Controversial. Controversial. Another Twitter employee told us, for these, there would be no ticket or anything. It was all in secret. And I guess people probably weren't allowed to take notes. Everybody come in. What's the name of that group called again? All right. We need to, ha- we need to have another secret meeting. It needs to be off the books. Everybody come in from the site integrity policy and policy escalation support. We need members of SIP-PESS. Can we get SIP-PESS members to come into the darkroom, please? Leave your pencils, leave, leave your phones, leave your recording devices at your desk. There will be no record of this meeting. We need to discuss the account of Donald Trump. He's a high follower, controversial account. Jack, wake up, smoke a joint, and let's, let's get going. Number 16, no ticket or anything. Why is Al Pacino trending? I don't even know. Like, I want to click on that trend. Like, you see these things over here in the trend, and you're just like, oh, I need to click on that. Click. But you have to, like, develop self-control, or you just click yourself into, like, hours and hours of searching nonsensical idiot, you know, just idiot. Mind-blowing stupidity. All right, 16. One of the accounts that rose to this level of scrutiny was Libs of TikTok, an account that was on the trends blacklist. <laughs> It was designated to do as do not take action on user without consulting with SIP piss. I just wish it was SIP piss. Could they just change it to S I P P I S S? Because it sounds like SIP piss. And they might as well be sipping piss with their, their censorship nonsense here. What, what can we change that to to make SIP piss work? Where was it? Strategic BS. Let's see. Okay. Site integrity. Policy, so that's the SIP, and then policy escalation support. How about policy uh, intensity ideologically support? It doesn't make any sense, but it's better. It's because it's SIP. I'm going to call it SIP piss from here on out. Where are we? What number was that? Okay, libs of TikTok. Here's the image. For those just listening, it's that background panel again. A little bit, I wish you would... Now, I want to see this whole screen that she is showing. So she's showing a little bit more of this background that the uh, Twitter administrators, employees have access to that we do not, where they can do stuff to our accounts. At the top, it has category and testing, and then you can click on one of those. To Those are the two you know, like pages. And then it's clicked on category, and it has a red notification exclamation point that says do not take action on user without consulting sip piss and it's the libs of tiktok channel but the the administrative panel over here it's got stuff like spam payments batch action tool 
What is G-U-A-N-O? What does that mean? It says G-U-A-N-O, U-A-N-O. That is the... <laughs> I just looked up G-U-A-N-O, and the word that came up is the excrement of seabirds and bats used as fertilizer. So I guess that's what I guess that's what that panel means. Is that what that panel means? Bird excrement? They have a ba- they have a panel for that for bird excrement? Communities, live videos, spaces, timeline, and then on the right side it has identity, email is protected, and it has activity, IP IP addresses can't be or can't be accessed. I don't know. I can't see the whole thing. I wish you would show the whole I want to see this whole panel. Come on, Barry. All right. Number 17, the account which, oh my goodness, uh, does anybody with a name I can pronounce work there? Is there not like a Bob Brown that works at Twitter? I can say Bob Brown all day. I can't say Chaya Rakichiki, whatever this is. C-H-A-Y-R-A-I, Chick. The account which, C-R, that's what I'm going to call this person, began in November of 2020, and now boasts over 1.4 million followers, was subjected to six suspensions in 2022. Alone, just in, in 2022. And, okay, so this is an actual user, not somebody who works there. This, and that person said that, Ryachik. Each time Ryachik was blocked from posting for as long as a week. So they spent six weeks in Twitter prison just this year. Number 18. Twitter repeatedly informed Ryachik that she had been suspended for violating Twitter's policy against hateful conduct. Hmm. Number 19. But in an internal sip-piss-off-the-record-I'm-sure meeting, or memo, excuse me, a sip-piss-memo, memo, 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 gotta find my words. In an internal sip-piss-memo from October 22nd, excuse me, from October 2022, after her seventh suspension, the committee acknowledged that LTT, what is it, LTT, had not directly engaged in behavior vi- violative of hateful of the hateful conduct policy. And then it has an image that says, site policy recommendation. Okay, site policy recommends placing libs of TikTok. Oh, that's LTT. Oh, so that must be the person who created LTT. Or <laughs> you down with LTT? Yeah, you know me. The, the libs of TikTok must be that person whose name I can't say or pronounce. Site policy recommends placing libs of TikTok, who has 1.3 million followers and not verified, not verified. Uh oh, in a seven-day timeout. In a timeout. In a timeout. You're in timeout. So they ref- they they view us as children, and they're putting us in timeout. Go fold up on yourself, Twitter, Jack Dorsey. In a seven-day timeout at the account level, meaning not for a specific tweet at the account level. So no specific tweet, just in general, based on the account's continued pattern of indirectly violate... (laughs) I started laughing in the middle of that, and I got tongue-tied. Based on the account's continued pattern of indirectly violating Twitter's hateful conduct policy. By tweeting content that either leads to or intends to incite harassment against individuals and institutions that support LGBTQ communities. What an extraordinary thing here. So, we talk about the slippery slope. 
Now, you worry about some policies getting enacted because it could lead to a slippery slope of just taking away all your freedoms. I think this is an example of slippery slope. This person actually didn't violate the policies. They indirectly violated the policy. How can you indirectly violate Twitter's hateful conduct policy? Either you violate the hateful conduct policy or you don't. And if you can't clearly say whether somebody's violated it, then you need to have either more concrete standards with examples, which they will not do. They will not do concrete examples because here's what will happen if they have a concrete hateful speech standard is one, it will be so clear that people will know how to not violate. Two, if it's strict enough, it'll just look like total suppression of speech and people won't use their platform anymore. So they can't be too strict with it and they won't make it too concrete because if they did make it too concrete, that would mean that it would apply to people who they don't want it to apply to, maybe people on the left. And it also means that they can't kick people off like this. So if you have a a concrete standard, I talk about this all the time. They don't ever like to get nailed down with concrete standards, especially when it comes to this hate speech type stuff, because they like to apply it arbitrarily. And if you leave it general, then you can apply it to whoever you want and, and say, well, you indirectly violated it. This is interesting because this is this this is also how you know hate laws could be interpreted because you have these somebody murders a bunch of people, somebody else murders the same amount of people. They both are equally brutal. One of them gets maybe life in prison. The other, I don't know, the death penalty. The other one's considered a lot worse because they decide the one murder of like a bunch of people. The person had hate in their mind. They were doing it because of racism or or homophobia, and that person gets a, little, a worse sentence than the other. Does that make any? They're both hate. They're all hateful. Yet, when you have this type of mentality, and this is the exact type of mentality behind hate crimes. Not to say that people don't commit crimes for hate. I think probably most violent crimes are committed for hate. And yes, some people do commit crimes because they don't like other people's lifestyle or their race or whatever it is. But the standards they have around it require, in most cases, unless it is just unbelievably clear, unless the person like wrote on the, the body of the victim, I murdered this person because I don't like their race or whatever, or gender. It can be difficult. You basically have to read the minds sometimes. You go back, they look at old social media posts people have, which they're then interpreting. It's never explicit. It's all a mind-reading operation, and this is what it leads to. It leads to kicking somebody off, not because of a specific tweet, not because of a violation of any hateful conduct policy, but because of an indirect violation. What a crock. Unbelievable. This pisses me off, man. And Because this isn't just on Twitter. This is everywhere. This is across the board where people think like this. They just want to have rules that they, or they have words they use, like democracy. It's like all this. They use all these words, and they never define them. They never give concrete examples because they use them to exploit and manipulate and persecute and silence and censor people who disagree with the overall narrative. I mean, anytime their, their response to anybody who disagrees with them is, oh, racist, bigot, it, it means nothing anymore. And when you call everybody racist or a bigot or whatever it is or Nazi or whatever for everything, then those terms, it, nobody is. If everybody's a Nazi and a racist, nobody's a Nazi and a racist. 
yet they my they brainwash people into not even looking into certain information that others say because that person who says it has been branded a racist or something without evidence or proof because of unbelievable lines of reasoning like this. This is so crazy. I really, I really got worked up about that one. I was not expecting to have such an emotional reaction. But hey, you know, that's what happens. That's what happens sometimes. All right. Let me recompose myself here. And what number are we on? We are on. Okay, that was the sip piss, number 19. Number 20. The committee justified her suspensions internally by claiming her post encouraged online harassment of hospitals and medical providers by insinuating that gender-affirming health care is equivalent to child abuse or grooming. What? Insinuating? They're, they're not even accusing her of, of, of saying that. They're saying she insinuated that. They are kicking people off for insinuating. They are mind-reading is, is what they're doing. Wow. I mean, that's crazy. I wish I had a direct source for... I mean, we see the images. The images are evidence. Unless the only argument would be that they were fabricated. And I haven't seen anybody saying that these images that Barry is providing as evidence are fabricated. I mean, that would be quite a story if they were. I mean, that is nuts. I mean, what if that were like a uh, standard for policing? Uh, you're under arrest for insinuating that you might think that person is, is, is bad because of their gender. Just in, insinuating gets you put in Twitter timeout. You're in timeout. Number 21, compare this to what happened when Ryacek herself was doxxed on November 21st, 2021, 2022. Excuse me. On November 21st, 2022. (laughs) I'm tired, so I'm a little... My my, uh, reading on the screen is... I, I have my screen set up in a way where it uses the least amount of processing power for the screen so it can be hard to read and i'm tired so i'm going over some words and i'm reading them strangely but i do that because sometimes if your computer is using up all this processing and ram memory or whatever it can slow down the streaming and the recording and make it all jacked up so i tried to take off as many unnecessary features of the computer as possible and one of them it it actually makes the screen harder to read for me but it does make the computer run faster. Okay, I have I have digressed. Back to the number 21. Compare this to what happened when Ryacek herself was doxxed on November 21st, 2022. A photo of her home with her address was posted in a tweet that has garnered more than 10,000 likes. Yeah, what about those people that liked it? Did, what are they insinuating by liking it? You liked this tweet? You're insinuating that you are pro-doxing. Number 22. When Ryacek told Twitter that her address had been disseminated, she says Twitter support responded with the message, we reviewed the reported content and didn't find it to be in violation of the Twitter rules. (laughs) No action was taken. The doxing tweet is still up. Is it still up right now? Maybe it should be taken down. Maybe Musk should take it down. Let me see if I can enhance that. I can't even see that. Okay, here's what it says. Hello, thank you for reaching out. We reviewed the reported content, didn't find it to be in violation of the Twitter rules. In this case, no action will be taken at this time. If you have further concerns about intellectual property, your privacy, 
or your personal safety. Was that not a concern about personal safety? The following guidelines can be of assistance. These people, unbelievable. All right, let me minimize that here a bit. Okay, number 23. Internal Slack messages, Twitter employees and internal Slack messages, Twitter employees spoke of using technicalities to restrict the visibility of tweets and subjects. Here's Joel Roth, Twitter's then global head of trust and safety, in a direct message to a colleague in early 2021. Oh, that's the guy from that video. Now I know who that guy is. This was going around Twitter. A lot of times, SI has used technically has used technicality spam enforcements as a way to solve a problem created by safety under uh, created by safety under enforcing their policies. I see. Which again isn't a problem per se, but it keeps us from addressing the root cause of the issue, which is that our safety policies need some attention. So he wants to make the safety policies even more stricter. But they just go ahead and use technicalities to get what? Unbelievable. These people are scum. I mean, this is unbelievable. They were looking for any reason. Elon, when he said in that Twitter space is that Twitter was operating as an arm of the Democrat Party. It seems to be correct. If this stuff is in fact true, and it seems to be. Okay. So we're about the 30 minute mark here. I'm going to continue going through the rest of these with some commentary in the DNBXR, the exclusive portion of the show, the subscriber-only portion of the show. And if you want to get access to that, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there today. And what you will get is, along with the Drive Time News Blast, this show, or you, or along with the subscriber content, you will get this show, the Drive Time News Blast, with the ads removed. I take the ads out for subscribers and put them together in one RSS feed that goes to a private RSS feed that you can pop into any podcast app that you listen to. And that is how I fund the show. And I appreciate everybody who supports the show, supports me uh, via PayPal. You can send a one-time donation or as a Patreon is on Locals, Rockfin. Thank you, everybody, who who helps me keep the show going. Thank you, everybody, who says kind things to me and and these reviews that are, are just it, it helps boost my morale and keep me motivated this is it's hard to do and it takes it takes uh, a lot of work and being in the news all the time can be a bit much although I, I i have kind of a fun way that i like to look at it so i i don't always i have to reframe it to where it's like i know that they are trying to tell this narrative story so i almost analyze it like i'm watching a movie but then you have to try and get to the truth and ask the right questions and stuff and it's tough work sometimes, especially when it comes to the after-editing process and whatnot. And I'm not like Ben Shapiro and all those other people. I don't have a big team of people and millions of dollars to produce a show. A, a one- or two-person show, or you see Ben Shapiro's show, somebody doing a one-person show, almost always is heavily funded and quite often in the millions of dollars and has a big team. I have myself and Cam. And Cam helps me out a lot, and I appreciate him, and I appreciate all of you guys as well. So thank you for your support, and again, patreon.com slash propaganda report. Now we're going to move on to the DMB XR. I need to get my music up. Hold on. Did all that without getting my, my outro music up. Let me take that down real quick. All right, there we go. That's down. Uh, and you see, you see what I'm saying here with my technical issues. Okay, hold on. We got to end with music. We, we got to have some music here. I love the music. I don't always get it popped in there, but here it is. Okay. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I hope your Christmas season is going well. I've been watching Christmas movies. 
Have you guys been watching Christmas movies? What are your favorite Christmas movies? I go back and forth all the time. I think my all-time favorite, probably throughout my life, has been Christmas Vacation. I like Scrooged. You know, I think that Scrooged, Christmas Vacation, and Die Hard were all, all made in 1988. One of them might have been 1989, but it, it would have been Christmas Vacation. Because Die Hard and Scrooge, definitely 1988. I, I think Christmas Vacation was too. What a year for Christmas movies. What are your favorite Christmas movies? Tell me in, in, in on Twitter in response to this show. All right, thanks guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.